Why do we exist? Were we created with a purpose? Or are we just here by chance? What are we to believe about life, faith, and worldview? Welcome to The Universe Next Door, focusing on answers to the questions we all consider. The Universe Next Door is supported by the C.S. Lewis Society, Trinity College of Florida, and supported by gifts from listeners just like you. Discover more resources and continue the conversation at apologetics.org. And now, your host, the research professor of Bible and theology at Trinity College of Florida, author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward. Thank you for joining us today. Um, We have some very exciting and cool announcements coming up and some changes to the podcast, Um, but we are going to get into that next week. For today, I think that I'm just going to cut right to the chase and jump into this. Um, We have a very special guest today, and that is Lad Allen, the creator of Illustra Media, which I've uh, just been informed you guys have been around now for 25 years. It'll be this April, 25 years, yep. Yeah, that is just, I I didn't know that until you mentioned it, and that's just amazing. Um, But anyway, how are you, Lad? I'm doing fine, doing well. Good. I thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about maybe some stuff that you're you're working on and some future projects, but I was uh, I was thinking it'd be um, probably helpful for some people if you explain what Illustra Media is. I know we have a lot of listeners who are definitely well aware of what Illustra Media is, but for those who haven't heard of it, can you give us kind of like a little rundown of what you do? Uh, sh- sure, sure. Uh, 25 years ago, it'll be this April, um, we... Uh, Jerry Harned and Jim Adams, who I had worked with for many years, my colleagues at Moody Institute of Science, which was part of Moody Bible Institute, we made 16-millimeter films, and then it was VHS, it was back in the Stone Age, and of, of media here, but we we uh, felt God was calling us to start a, a ministry, and uh, we uh, began a lust for media in, in April of 1997, and we live in Southern California. We were affiliated with Moody Bible Institute, Moody Institute of Science, for, for many, many years. And, and uh, we, when we made the change, we were out here in, in Southern California, just south of L.A., and working out of our homes, had no equipment, um, very little operating capital, and mm-hmm. no facilities. So we was, it, was, it was the real kind of the the advent of digital editing and and uh, all of the digital technology was really taking hold. So we were able to to uh, Jerry took some money he had as an inheritance from his parents and bought a nonlinear editing machine. We set it up in the spare bedroom of his house. Wow! I was producing, directing, and writing the films out of the family room of my house, and Jim Adams was was uh, fundraising and and helping with all doing all the administrative parts out of it. It's his house, and we were in three different locations, separated by at a triangle of about fifty miles on each side. And uh, we we started working, and, and initially we we had a and through the years we've enjoyed a really good relationship with Discovery Institute and all the people working on the intelligent design movement, and we also had uh, begin to make connections uh, on uh, biblical people working in biblical apologetics, and these were the two areas that we were really focusing on. We weren't making dramatic films or feature films. We were going to make documentaries that that focused on evidence for God and a strong case, both academically and spiritually, for the existence of God, the divinity of Jesus, 
the veracity of a creator behind the universe, the big questions, is there a God, and does he exist, and does he care about me, and, you know, why is, why is there evil, pain, and suffering in the world? Um, all, we were looking at these big questions in the documentary format, and that was our vision when we started, and, and 25 years later, we're, we're still in that, the technology's changed continually through that time, uh, the means of distribution have changed, but our commitment to presenting a strong, rigorous, convincing, academic case for the existence of God um, still remains. That's the focus of our work. Now, I know you also have the John 1010 Project, which we'll get into, I'm sure, but right. um, what do you think it is that uh, that inspired you to choose nature as one of the main ways of of, uh, of showing God's existence, or I would say proving God's existence and, and well, demonstrating it? Right, right. Now, that's, that really grew out of... I was in charge of production at Moody Institute of Science, of making Moody Science films... Uh, Irwin Moon had started the, the organization back in the late 40s, and, and these films had been tremendously popular over the world, all over the world. And I had my real indoctrination into this, this sort of science, nature, wildlife uh, format as a, as a means of, of evangelism and, and apologetics while, work, while working at Moody. And oh, wow. I really grew, grew to love it. You know, because um, there's a verse in Romans 1 that, you know, Paul writes that, that God has revealed himself to man through the things he has made. And there's basically, God's given us, I believe, three revelations of himself. He gave us the Bible, he gave us Jesus, and he gave us the created order, the things that he has created. And he speaks to us through those things, and I think that on a daily basis, you know, I may not always have my Bible with me, and Jesus was resurrected into heaven 2,000, you know, plus years ago. Um, I, um, but I always have creation around me, and creation is like a megaphone. It's God's megaphone. He speaks to us through it. He shows it just that he is real, that he is powerful, that he cares about us, and, and that's a 24-7, 365-day-a-year message that he sends out to everyone. There's no language barriers. There, there's no cultural barriers. Um, it's, it's his constant revelation to us. And, and the it, scriptures really point this out repeatedly. And Psalm 111, and throughout the Psalms you see it. And, and Paul's, you know, Paul's uh, writing in Romans and, the, and that, uh, in that first chapter, that God has revealed himself to man through the things he's made. That's really been the foundation. What we're doing, that's what we're trying to show. We're trying to show God through the created order. I, well, I think you're doing an excellent job um, doing that. And I just wanted to say, this is not just a plug for Illustra Media. Lad Allen did not text me and say, hey, can we can we share our <laughs> stuff? That's, that's obviously the effect of this. But I texted Lad Allen um, because I was so just personally impacted by these movies. I mean, it really is an amazing ministry. It's something that's that's extremely unique in the sense that a a 10-year-old can watch these movies and be blown away, and somebody who's been reading their Bible or, or someone who's been into science or nature, you know, for 60 years can watch these movies and be blown away. And it's just such a unique thing that you, uh, that you don't see too much of. It's something that it really is unique to Illustra Media. And I was wondering if you could kind of give us 
maybe an example of some of the movies that you've created because these really are they're they're like Netflix or Disney Plus qualities. These are not you know just some YouTube films or something like that. I I think I remember you saying last time you were in Tampa that you had even used the same type of camera that they used to film the Hobbit movie. If I'm if I'm not <laughs> off there, yeah, we we have one. They used about fifty, <laughs> but 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 no, it's you know this, this whole idea when we decided to 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 get into science documentaries. Um, is, is a big part of our ministry. It's not exclusively what we do, but that wouldn't become a big part of it. Um, you know, there were really there were really some guidelines that kind of helped us in terms of defining what what kind of films we wanted to make. And ironically, and it still is a major source of inspiration to me. And it was a, a founding sort of baseline for us as we decided how we were going to approach these films and it's the bbc and national geographic now some people will say well how could that be you know that these are all dark this is all based on darwinian evolution these films are making there's no acknowledgement of god Mm -hmm. that's all true but what they do that inspires me is the level of production quality the photography the editing the music is so good Mm -hmm. it is so good and i looked at that and i said you know, we don't have the resources they do, but we need to aspire every day to make the quality of our work, the quality of our photography, the quality of our storytelling, the quality of the music, the quality of the editing. We need to try every day to 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 approach. That's the bar. The bar is so high, but that's what we need to do because when you watch David Attenborough on the BBC and you watch, you know, they'll do Planet Earth, all these wonderful series they produce, and you look at the quality and the wonder they inspire, and you go, that has to be true. What he's saying, it's so well done, it has to be true. Even even if it isn't true, it ha- it looks like it should be because it's so good. And I mm-hmm. said, if we don't if we don't aspire to that to the highest quality we can put into this. And, and and do, if we don't aspire to that, it's going to be very hard for our message, no matter how compelling it is, in terms, you know, intellectually, the content of it, it's not impossible, but it's going to be hard to get people that aren't of faith to embrace it, to take it seriously, and if if these films are badly produced. or And, and so we've, we've really, from the beginning, made that decision that that was going to be you know, what we would aspire to as we were working. And so, you know, we've done films on everything from uh, avian flight, how birds fly, to uh, dolphin navigation, to humpback whales, to the, the molecular biology of, of cell, cell biology. I mean, it's, it's just been, I've just finished one on how maple, maple seeds fly, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, how sea turtles navigate. And, and all of these things that the BBC and National Geographic have done so well for so long, okay, we're, we're, we're taking on similar subject matter, but we're presenting it from a, from a different worldview. Darwinian evolution, it isn't, the, it isn't the, these things aren't the process of, you know, countless eons of Darwinian evolution. They're the process of an intelligent designer and a creator. And... And so we continually, and, and, and the foundational, scriptural foundation for us is Romans 1. You know, God has revealed himself to man 
through the things he has made. So we have no excuse. That's what Paul says. Stand before God said, well, I didn't know you existed. No, we will, because he's given us the created order, and, and he's revealed himself clearly through it. So that's what we've continually tried to do with our films, and do it in a way that's engaging, that's entertaining, that's high level, that's inspiring. We want to inspire people. When you get done, we want you to go outside in your backyard and, yeah, look at a dandelion and go, that is not a weed. That is an awesome creation. Right. And, and, and this is what we try to do. This is all, you know, sometimes we achieve it better than other times, but this is always what we're trying to to do yeah we do films on things people ask but why you know why do you do a film on a maple seed or a dandelion or, right you know a, any of these kinds of things you know I, I, I go man this you don't understand the biological engineering when you see the biological engineering behind this ordinary common stuff that we pass every day a million times and don't think one thing about it. if you if you look what's in there it will blow you away and and it will it is again screaming out that there is a designer, there is a creator. This is pro- product of random, pro- undirected processes. So, you know, that's that's kind of where we've been and where we've headed, where we hope to continue to go. Well, I'm a 27 year old male, in case anyone was wondering, and I sat on my couch with my wife and I watched a movie about butterflies that you made, and I was okay. absolutely blown away. And as an example of what you were just talking about, um, just taking this and actually going outside and and making it real life. We actually went and bought milkweed for the monarch butterflies. They ate all of it, and then we bought another (laughs) one, and they ate all of it, and now it's, you know, spring's coming, so we're going to have to go out and get more, Um, which, I mean, we're we're having a baby any day now, so that'll be something cool for him to get involved in too eventually. But, I mean, it really really did actually just impact us in a real way because you see a butterfly, and you're like, oh, that's cool, but you have no idea until you watch this what goes into just the life of something you see fly by for a second. Well, that that's that that's encouraging to me to hear you say that because that's exactly the response we want from people. First, we want them to say yes, there is a God, right? And that, and then we want them to to go out into the world and just open your eyes and think about what's around you. I I knew this guy Nick years ago. What was it? About fifty years ago, I was in a Bible study. He was a really good guy. And very thoughtful, and he, but he, he it seemed like every other week he would take the, he'd take the discussion to the point, and we'd get to this point where he'd say, "If God would just show me one miracle, mm-hmm. like like he parted the Red Sea, you know, or he turned water into wine, or whatever, he did, if he could just show me one miracle, then I would really, really, really believe in him. I would, I'd never doubt, you know, and 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 we, you know, every we, you know, it was just. It would always. It seemed like it was always ending up at that place. One miracle. And I realized one day, God shows us not one miracle, a billion miracles. Every time we go outside, every flower, every blade of grass, every bird, the skin on our fingertips, everything. He shows us miracles every single moment. And if we just open our eyes and sort of contemplate what's going on here, and 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 that's. Again, part of what we hope to evoke this in people's minds and hearts is they watch the films. Well, I couldn't agree more. And I, um, I, I, if I had to pick a favorite, it would be between the flight 
uh, movie where, especially when you guys went into Hummingbirds, I mean, that's just unbelievable. And I've been, I, I tried to get one to come. It, they, they came one time and it was when I wasn't home. My wife saw it. So that's cool enough. But we got the Honeybird, right. Hummingbird feeder and all that. And, um, but I mean, that, that was probably my favorite, the one on flight and then the one on the sea creatures you did. But I was wondering if you had, um, a favorite movie that you filmed i'm sure they're all unique and you know what it's like actually going out because it's cool for us to watch the footage that you've edited <laughs> down but what's it like actually going out there to make these movies about whales and birds and yeah it's it's indescribable sometimes it's indescribably disappointing and boring when you're waiting for hours hours days 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 for for you know, red-tailed hawk to fly to the right position right. or, you know, a humpback whale to breach out of the water, you know, and it, it's, it's, it doesn't always, you, you can't, I, it's hard to direct animals. You can't make animals do what you want them to do when you want them to do it exactly where you, you, you know, you can't. Right. You have to go to them. You have to learn what they're going to do. And I mean, I've been to Mexico multiple times filming monarch butterflies and, that is, you know, if I had to pick one experience, there have been so many great ones, but that's probably the one that would always stand out the most because I'd heard about it, you know, okay, you got millions of monarch butterflies that are going to migrate to this forest, you know, eight, ten thousand feet up in the volcanic mountain range in central Mexico. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, some of them will have flown all the way from Canada. I couldn't believe that when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, you know, and these are, these are little, these are insects that weigh a few ounces and paper thin wings. And, and they're not just and, flying to a continent. They're all going to like the same little place. Oh, same. No, not, in, not, yeah, they're not just flying to Mexico. They're going to the same trees where their great, great, great grandparents wow. uh, spent the winter the year before. They only make it, and, and they, no one leads them back because uh, generationally, it, there, it, there are three or four generations removed from the from the monarchs that had come down there before. Butterfly monarchs normally live about six weeks, but the generation that's born in September lives for six months and is able to make this migration, spend the winter down in Mexico while the milkweed, which is the only plant they lay their eggs on, it dies out in the winter. It grow. We wait for the new crop. Because that's the only thing. If there's no milkweed, they won't lay their eggs. The next generation won't be born. So they might. They kind of semi, kind of semi hibernation, but they're not asleep. They fly every day. And when you hear the sound of a million beating butterfly wings, the sound. Okay, you never think of a butterfly wing making noise. Right. But when you hear this, and and you, what is it? It's a million beating wings, or you see a, a limb on a, a pine tree crack under the weight of butterflies. I hadn't thought so about that. So many butterflies hanging on the wing, and and it absolutely, the first time I saw it, every time I've seen it, but the first time, it just, it takes your breath away. I mean, you just look at this, and then you you know, you learn the story about how these, you know, one of the, the guard, the, these guys help in the forest to, it, uh, they kind of guard it. So there's a problem with people coming in and cutting down the trees down. They need the wood, and these guys kind of protect the forest. And I'm out there filming, and he walks up, and he's got a monarch in his hand, and it has a tag on it that says Kansas. It had been tagged in Kansas. Wow. Flew down to Mexico, and he found the tag. You know, and he found this tag monarch because they're ch- charting the mic. Scientists are charting the migration, and. You see those kind of things. It's amazing. I mean, we were filming humpback whales. To have one 
just rise up 15 feet away from you on the bow of the boat, you know, and, and then you get splashed by his tail. Wow. You see barnacles on his tail. I mean, you're just going, oh, my gosh. I mean, this is unbelievable. So it's it's spectacular. When, the, when things happen, it's unbelievably exciting. And part of the process is being patient, learning where to go, and, and not going many days in a row and not seeing exactly what you want to see and, and waiting and doing this. And, and when it happens, it, you know, it's just unbelievably exciting. And, and so, yeah, I've, I've really learned to love, I know, you know, this type of filmmaking and, and, uh, we had a chance to just work with great people, Jerry Varda, Jim Adams, Don Valentine, you know, hundreds of other really great people over mm-hmm. the years. Tim Eaton, Joseph Gandila, so they just go on and on and on. And Dennis Burkhardt. These are photog- These are filmmakers all over the that are all over the country, and we work with some guys overseas that are kind of in this network. There's only two of us full time with the ministry, and we work with a freelance network of, of photographers and editors all over the world, and uh, so it's. It's been great. Yeah, well, I, I definitely think you're using a unique gift and a really cool way to glorify God. Um, and I'm thinking if Amazon or Elon Musk's, uh, if they ever end up getting to space, maybe you can do your next movie in space. What do you think of that? Oh, sure. That would be, <laughs> that would be cool. Right yeah. Right now, believe it or not, I'm doing research on a short film. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah. Barnacles. <laughs> Is that what you're doing currently? What you're working yeah. on? Yeah. There's a big research push at, at UC Santa Barbara, UC Berkeley, and Purdue University. Scientists have been studying the adhesive by which barnacles attach themselves underwater to rocks. Mm-hmm. It's almost unbreakable bond, and it, it holds up in water, okay? We don't have adhesives that work real well in water. If you try to put a Band-Aid on underwater, it That's a good stick. point. I didn't think about that. And, and there, there's, there's really serious research going on in development to make adhesives that will be superior, especially in underwater conditions, and it's barnacles. <laughs> it's the design of the barnacle and the, the barnacles and mussels. I, I started reading about this last week, and it was like, oh, man, this is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, somebody asked me what I'm working on. I'm working on a film on barnacles. <laughs> I think that's a really cool concept to take something that somebody wouldn't think about or, oh, who cares about barnacles, and then show just like you have no idea how much goes into a barnacle. Like that's how amazing uh, God's creation is, and how how complex. We did, we did a film on jellyfish um, or, or last year, and it was it was so. They're the most efficient swimmers in the ocean of any animal, any creature that swims. It expends, it gets more more bang for the buck. Expends less energy to swim than any other creature. It's not the fastest swimmers, or the biggest swimmers, or the most powerful swimmer, but it expends the less least energy, and there's scientists all over the world that are developing prototype robotic jellyfish that that use minimal energy to to, to swim, and and it's a field of, of engineering research. It's it's a big deal right now, and and so basically, you know, just copying what God made or trying to emulate what God made in creation, and it's a powerful argument for design too. Wow. Um, we now we have about a minute left. What are uh, okay. what are the best places people can go to see some of the stuff and to learn more about your your ministry in illustrated well, media? E- the, e- 
the easiest thing right now is to go to our, our either our Illustra Media website, illustramedia.com, or go to the John 1010 Project, the john1010project.com. And on there we've got hundreds of, uh, over 100 short videos. Uh, lots of them are excerpts from the longer films. They can be streamed. Um, many of them are on Amazon uh, streaming. And uh, But if right off the bat, if you want to get a, a taste of what we're doing, go to the john1010project.com. All right, cool. Well, I'll, I'll link that in the description. Check these films out. They're awesome. You will be blown away. Um, Lad Allen, thank you again so much for being here. This has been a great time. It went by really fast. Uh, but thank you so much for taking the time to do this. You've been listening to The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward, sponsored by the C.S. Lewis Society and Trinity College of Florida and supported through the gifts of listeners just like you. To gather resources, continue the conversation, and support The Universe Next Door with your financial gifts, go to apologetics.org. That's apologetics.org. And join us again next time as we continue to seek the truth about life, faith, and worldview in The Universe Next Door.